Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. Well, that week flew, didn't it? This is Earl Stewart on Cars. I'm Earl. I'm also known as a recovering car dealer. And I know I'm on the True Oldie channel, which is a great 60s and 70s music channel. But you're not going to hear any music for two hours. Unless what I tell you is music to your ears, which is going to be trying to help you being avoid getting ripped off by a car dealer. Uh, harsh words. And I, I cringe a little bit when I say ripped off. I don't like the term. I say ripped off because it gets your attention. I probably should say taken advantage of by a car dealer. But I like to stir it up a little bit. I had a nickname in school. They called me an egg beater because I like to stir things up. Uh, car dealers deserve their reputation, I'm sorry to say. Not all, certainly. I mean, all lawyers don't deserve a negative re- reputation. All congressmen don't deserve a neg- negative re- reputation. But most car dealers do. And uh, the proof in the pudding is the Gallup annual poll and honesty in ethics and professions. Now, trust me, or you don't have to trust me. You can Google it. Uh, just Google, put in, Car dealers, Gallup annual poll, honesty, and ethics and professions. Just Google that. You'll pull up the actual poll, and you'll find out they have data going back to 1977. So what is that, 23, 33? That's uh, 41 years. 41 years car dealers have been measured uh, in public sentiment uh, in the United States, and have, they have pl- ranked at the bottom of the list and honesty and ethics. That's a sad statement, isn't it? I mean, it's a huge profession, car dealers. I mean, there's tens of thousands of car dealers used and new, and uh, it's uh, one of the most expensive items you buy, second to a home, I presume. Uh, the The total annual expenditure on automobiles is off the you know, it's, uh, you can't believe. Would it be billions, Rick? I, it, it certainly would be hundreds of millions, probably billions. I would say billions, yeah. yeah. So here the second largest expenditure we make is handled by a group of car dealers that aren't treating you right. So I feel like it's time uh, for us to help, and we've been doing this, by the way, for 10 years. Uh, we've got Tina from Bonanilla Springs holding. Tina, let me just say a few more words here. Tina, by the way, is our um, best female caller. She's one of our best callers. Uh, let me rephrase that. She's our best caller. She's the most informed, and we really love to hear from Tina. So if you'll just hang in there for a couple of minutes, I uh, want to get through a couple things here, and then we will move right on to you and our other callers because calling is the name of the game. Input from people like Tina. Uh, you call us at 877 960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530, and as I say, the call-in number is 877-960-9960. Your calls are really cool. Um, We uh, used to have an agenda on the show. I even tried another agenda last week, but we find out your calls 
really are what's you know on, on the moment, on the mind, uh, current that we need to address. And uh, Tina always has a ton of great stuff, and your questions and your experiences that you may have had with car dealers are extremely important. Uh, call in for information, call in for constructive criticism. And before we go to Tina, I want to give you out give out a new thing we've done. It's an anonymous link, a web link that you can go to, and we're getting very good feedback on this anonymous link. A lot of people would like to make constructive criticism or otherwise, but people don't like to be identified. I mean, if you've got a friend, and let's say he's got bad breath, uh, you don't like to tell your friend, hey, you need to start using more Listerine. I mean... We've known people who didn't have a problem. We know some people that can do that, (laughs) but most people can't. So if you think we've got bad breath, we'd like to hear from you, and you can uh, reach us anonymously at youranonymousfeedback.com www.youranonymousanonymous.com youranonymousfeedback.com and it'll come to us anonymously you can request a reply and when we reply to you it'll be through this web service so we still remain anonymous your anonymity is never going to be in question so uh, we'd love some good constructive criticism that you may be a uh, little bit too polite to make directly anonymous your anonymous feedback.com so with that said i think uh nancy the first female caller welcome tina aboard welcome tina how are you today hi how are you guys i'm doing great how are you guys doing this morning great welcome to the show what can we do for you thank you I need to issue a little bit of a retraction. I made a booby last week. So I said that GMC uh, trucks are the ones that were affected by the door latch and the trunk latch issue. I was wrong about that. It's actually a four-door latch recall. Automakers can repair 1.3 million F-150 Super Duty pickup trucks. So they're the ones that are affected. And the problem with this is that you could be driving one of these vehicles and the door could pop open while you're driving. So still a very dangerous situation that needs to be fixed. And the, the recall affects certain 2015 to 2017 model year mm-hmm. F-150 trucks, the nation's best seller, yeah. and certain 2017 Super Duty F-Series trucks. So just had to fix my booby there. Well, uh, Tina, thanks for setting the record straight. Yeah, we've made many mistakes on the show. And... Uh, that's the reason we like the call-ins and anyway, uh, set us straight. And you set yourself straight, and that's great. So uh, you folks that were worried about the GM trucks, it's a Ford F-150. And uh, we appreciate your correcting that. No problem. And the other subject I really want to touch on is we really haven't talked about kids in a while, and you know me, the safety queen. So I was reading statistics on the use of child restraint seats and infant restraint seats, and it's did you know that when parents leave the hospital with their newborn babies, 96% of them are not using the rear-facing car seat correctly? They are making one critical error. And this is according to the NHTSA. And the NHTSA has great advice on how to properly use car seats and booster seats. Mm-hmm. The number one killer of children from the ages of infancy to 13 is car wrecks. Well, that's interesting. Uh, you know, that's I got my son Stu's attention because he had three babies not too long ago. They're not babies anymore, but no, they're teenagers now. <laughs> but I do remember that day. I remember sweating, 
stressing out how to get them strapped in properly. I remember the drive home from the hospital. I was driving like 20 miles an hour. Everybody on the road was a maniac. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it was a very stressful day. Yeah, and now there's so many options uh, in learning how to use those car seats, those devices. And, you know, uh, all of this t- testing uh, that is done on seat belts and, uh, you know, the airbags, uh, there was a time whenever they didn't even take into consideration, well, uh, children, uh, maybe a smaller frame person uh, referring to women. And uh, so my point here is that uh, the laws have changed uh, tremendously and uh, we are moving in a uh, good direction. Don't let me, uh, for, for an old guy that hasn't had any small kids in a while, uh, some of you that understand this, a baby in a car seat, the current safest spot is in the back seat, I would presume. Yeah. And yes. do, are, are they supposed to be in the seat facing forward? Uh, After a certain age. Oh. When, uh, when they're infants, they're, they're rear-facing. Okay. Yeah. Because I would think rear facing would always be safer, because you would certainly have an easy, you know, the absorb the energy. Yeah. yeah, when they get too big, they have to swing them legs up. They turn them around. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, thanks, Dana. That's a very important advice. We've got a lot of people out there with kids and grandkids that affect. So I appreciate your calling that to our attention. Yeah, I think it's a very important thing because when I was reading the statistic, I thought, wow. I I need to talk about this on the radio show because so many listeners have kids or they have grandkids or even great-grandkids, and our children are precious. Everybody's life is precious, but especially a young child. And when you hear something to the effect of kids' main cause of death is car accidents, it makes you want to do everything you can to prevent that. Is there a safety standard for uh, pets, especially doggies? Uh, I see a lot of dogs running around free inside vehicles. The thing that really chills me is when I see them running free in the back of pickup trucks. Uh, I, I don't know of any laws that uh, affect that. There should be, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And there are seats, and there are restraint seats for dogs, too, especially small and medium-sized dogs. Larger-sized dogs, I'm not sure. But, you know, it would depend upon the dog because... Most dogs I know love riding in the car. Yeah. They love it. They just think it's the greatest thing ever. Oh, yeah. But a lot of dogs don't like to be restrained, so I don't like seeing them running around in cars either. But the truck bed, no. I, I remember, I think it was one of the actresses from MASH. I can't remember her name. She was the one that the blonde. Loretta. I, Loretta her Swift. name is escaping me. But she had a public service announcement. And she said, I know that dogs love to be in the back of a pickup truck, but it's not the safe place. Yeah, they also like to stick their head out the window, Mm -hmm. which is not a good idea. But I don't know. Maybe I'm going to probably get some calls from dogs on this because they say, you know, I'm thinking, hey, don't take away my freedom. Right. They look so happy with their head up the window. You know, uh, the the greatest uh, rule in law uh, that I can suggest is, uh, well, adults having pets and uh, keeping those pets under control, whether they're on the beach, on the sidewalk, or in the car. And uh, they're like a child, and you've got to protect them. And uh, for a dog to be in the car loose and fancy free is not my cup of tea uh if there's a dog in my car that dog is in a proper car seat and they have them today so whether there's a a law that's been enforced uh, i haven't checked on that lately but uh, for me it's called being responsible rick 
Yes, absolutely. Well, I've I've found them for my dog, sixty-five pound dog. Oh boy! That she is a <laughs> hyper maniac. The best thing I do is I have one of those barrier, uh, like it's like a uh, oh, barred wall. Yeah. That I put up like a police along car? the right along the back seat of my pickup, and I actually hook it down with ratcheting tie tie straps, the ratcheting uh, uh, straps, so it's solid as a rock. And my dog rides in the back seat, where you know at least if something happens, she's contained in the back seat. But I've tried those harnesses that hook her to the seat belt, and she literally just spins and flips until she's choking sure, herself. Sure, sure, You so, so, with some pets, yeah. Yeah, you exceed. You're listening to Earl Stewart on dogs at. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh wait a minute! This is with, Earl Stewart on cars. With I some, forgot. Uh, uh, with with some restraints, uh, you know, some dogs exceed the weight limit, so you have to make an adult, you know, decision to protect your baby, yeah. no okay. matter if it's Tina, what do you got, twenty pounds uh, or hundred pounds, right? <laughs> Any other questions? Are you there, Tina? No, that's that's pretty much all the info I well, have. Well, thank today, you, so. thank you very much. Two very important calls, and I respect you and congratulate you on catching your own error. We should, we probably should have caught it, but we didn't. Uh, about the GM trucks versus the Ford trucks being the ones that are on the recall. Thanks for correcting that very much, and please, please call again next week. You're you're our very best caller. Well, uh, just thank to you very much. I appreciate hearing that, and I love talking to you guys. Thank, thank you. you, Tina. Hey, Tina, just to let you know, there is actually an issue with the GMC and Chevy pickups with their tailgate latches not securing properly. Okay, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, that's what I was talking about last week. Yeah, so that that's probably where that little bit of confusion came in. But you definitely brought up two great subjects for us. Thank you very much. You know, something Tina said oh, reminded me of something I um, I, that I read recently with, with kids in car seats, and, that, and we've talked about it on the show before, and that's the alerts that let you know that you might have left a child in the rear seat, um, you know, for the overheating deaths. And I think Nissan is making an alert system standard in all their cars. Great. And I think it's starting in the next couple of years. So that's, wow. that's pretty good. Yeah. Great move. Yeah, Save a lot of lives. That's lingered. Uh, that problem has lingered for uh, a long, long time. And every week you pick up the paper, you know, turn on the news and another tragedy. So absolutely. I wish all the manufacturers would jump on that bandwagon. Yes, adults being distracted. How do you forget a child in a car? I, myself, well, I can't understand it. Uh, at any rate, uh, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars right here at the uh, Oldies Channel. And uh, we're going to be here for two hours. And uh, I have a few things to share with you. One, very important. First, two new lady callers. Well, excuse me. Female callers, as Earl would say. You don't have to be a lady. I mean, <laughs> uh, female callers, uh, fifty dollars. So give us a call. Let us know how you feel about the show, or you may have some tips to share with us, or a question. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Now back to the recovering car dealer. And we had a. A very interesting uh, anonymous uh, input, you know, on the link, youranonymousfeedback.com. I mentioned that before uh, from last week's show. And we talked about premium gasoline, gasoline a little bit. And uh, the, the anonymous feedback was from a regular caller who really, uh, you know, loyal listener to the show. And he was absolutely certain <clears throat> that uh, 
it was better to use premium gas in cars, uh, period, whether it was required or recommended. And uh, I, uh, I wanted to clarify, first of all, thank you very much. This is the kind of uh, feedback we need because we know when we hear something like that that we didn't get our, our message across as clearly as we should. He mentioned on the feedback, I think I sent this to you, Rick, that Rick hesitated uh, about the fact. The message that we sent, and Nancy talked about this last week extensively, that if your manufacturer recommends premium gas, it's a, it's a big difference between recommending, it's a semantics thing almost, recommending and requiring, okay? If your manufacturer requires, then you must use that premium gas. You must use it for the performance of your car. If he recommends it, you don't have to use it. And uh, there are a lot of reasons for that. Uh, we got this information from Consumer Reports. Consumer Reports extensively tested hundreds of cars using premium and regular. And they also talked directly with the engineers at the different manufacturers to discuss this issue. And Consumer Reports, you know, I'm not saying they're never wrong, but they, you know, I can't remember the last time they were wrong. Let's put it that way. So if you're driving a car right now, check to see what your manufacturer's recommendation or requirement is. The requirements for premium, use it. If, your car, if the recommendation, sounds like a nuance, it's not. Recommendation, uh, you can feel free to try regular. Now, if you try the regular and you start hearing some pain or you feel a decrease in performance, then you can always go back to premium. But we don't think it's going to happen. Rick pointed out last week that today's cars are so sophisticated. Before the show started, he's telling me again, hey, the car's a total computer now. Exactly. And so these computerized, high-tech cars know what kind of gas you just put in. They adjust the engine to run to accommodate whatever fuel you put in. You put in regular, whatever octane, the computer in your car knows what you put in the car. And it says, hey, i got to adjust, you know, whatever they adjust to make a smooth ride, an economical ride. By the way, Consumer Reports measured fuel economy. No difference between premium and regular in cars where it was just recommended, not required. No difference in performance. So, uh, Mr. Anonymous, inputter, thank you very much. Mr. or Mrs. Anonymous. Mr. or Mrs. Uh, Thank you very much for your input. It was really helpful because if we didn't make it clear to you, we probably didn't make it clear to a lot of people. Uh, I would have to ask, this was Nancy's topic, and Rick uh, chimed in. Uh, Rick, do you have anything to add to that? No, actually, you you covered it beautifully there. Um, and with just one little added thought is that there are some cars that actually run better on regular fuel. I didn't know Believe that. it or not, hybrid cars huh. generally run better on regular versus the higher octane of premium fuels. I did not know Simply that. because of the design of the engine. Uh, that's amazing. I, uh, you know, here I've been in the business for 50 years. I uh, love the show because I learned from you, our listeners. I also learned from the folks on the panel. I mean, Rick, he's been uh, doing automotive computer scientists. He, we used to call him mechanic when he was much younger. <laughs> and then and then as he entered uh, puberty, uh, we, started call, <laughs> we started calling him a uh, auto tech. And now we call him an auto computer scientist. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Been doing this for 25 years about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nancy, what, how good. was your topic? What about? Okay. Good point. And uh, 
Rick was very accurate. Uh, one thing that I have to add to, uh, to uh, what Earl just said uh, was that uh, the information came from a very reliable source. And if you think that Rick's got credentials and he's been at this for a long time, check out how long Consumer Report has been around. So that's something you might want to pick up. Take a look at. There's an extensive article in the Consumer Report. Again, you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars right here at the True Oldies channel. And uh, we'd love for you to give us a call at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 792-497-6530. Continuing uh, with the conversation uh, about uh, your anonymousfeedback.com. Uh, my email uh, that I received, and I so appreciated. Uh, first, I want to thank that person uh, for emailing me on um, the topic uh, that, that they wanted to discuss. And they wanted to let me know that uh, the Boys Club, well, you if you want to fight for women, th this is... I'll read it to you exactly what it says so there's no mistakes here. The Boys Club, you want to fight for women. Don't call something or label something that doesn't exist. No boy has ever a club meeting to oppress women. And there may be some typographical errors there that he or she made, but I'm reading what's in front of me. You're giving men power and cause due to you and cause due to you looking down on them by labeling them collectively as being the boys club. Please, Nancy, change your ways. You are not helping the cause. Please stop using that term. Well, Mr. or Mrs. Anonymous, I certainly wish that I could take, well, the credit for the Boys Club. But uh, unfortunately, there have been many uh, experts that have referred to the Boys Club. And it's almost like going back and watching uh, Mad Men. So, number one, I apologize to you if I've offended you. I thank you for the email you and I are both intelligent people, and we're entitled entitled to our opinions. And I hope that I hear from you again, and I hope that you continue to listen to Earl Stewart on Cars. Okay, it's time to change topics. I think, I think we have a text, don't we, Sue? Yeah, we have a couple of comments on our live Facebook video, and uh, you know the gentleman. He's one of your Facebook friends, a member of the Sunrise Club, John Neal. <coughs> so, oh, John. Yeah, so John has a relevant question and a humorous one. Which one do you want me to go with? <laughs> oh, well, I, let's have a little humor. I love humor. <laughs> okay, well, so John says, Earl, I was criticized by someone on your Facebook page for having crooked teeth. I'm glad he didn't, s uh, my dad didn't see it because he paid a lot of money on my teeth. <laughs> so that's funny. But, but John wanted to know if you looked into the Kia Sorento catching on fire any further that you had posted on your Facebook page. I think it was a few weeks ago. Yeah, we had a, another one burst into flame a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not sure whether this uh, is a trend or a fluke. You never know. I mean, uh, there are certain vehicles that seem to gather more attention than others when they catch on fire. Uh, but I, I know nothing about a trend. By the way, uh, <coughs> on, on this humorous comment, John, uh, we have a, 
as I say, a, a, a rogue poster on my Facebook page. and uh, We call those trolls. Yeah, trolls, <laughs> a troll. And uh, he's, he's starting to get a little personal, and, uh, and you're getting personal with John, and uh, you go to a person's profile on Facebook, and you look at their picture, and you start criticizing him. Uh, uh, when, when people criticize physical defects, uh, you got to wonder about that person. And uh, I told John that I would uh, block him, but the reason I haven't blocked him yet is because I want him to get all of his... Uh, he's actually making a fool out of himself. So as long as he continues to make a fool out of himself... Let him enjoy himself. And you handled that uh, <laughs> nasty remark beautifully, uh, John, and you laughed at him. So as long as he does that, transparency is an important thing. This radio show, we thrive on transparency, and we try to tell it like it is, even when it's not going to behoove us and our cause. Uh, I intend to talk about later about the recent uh, insurance test on on vans, many vans. The Toyota Sienna got a bad rating on safety. Uh, the uh, Honda Odyssey got a good rating on safety, and the uh, and the Chrysler product, the Pacifica, came up with a in-between rating on safety. So. We tell it like it is, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and that's the reason I allow people a little bit of leeway on the web, you know, on the radio show and on my website and any any way else they want to comment. So, John, you're a good friend, uh, you're a great guy, uh, you're a good poster, and thank you very much for your input. Okay. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now, Earl will continue to share the text with our audience. Stu will. Okay, so we got another text that came in from Frank and Jupiter, and he's just thanking us because he said he wants Earl and Nancy to know. He followed their advice, on, and he sent a picture, and I'll show this to the camera, a picture of Consumer Reports. Ah, on the best and worst cars, trucks, and SUVs, and he was looking to buy an SUV, I believe. So he uh, he followed the advice and used uh, Consumer Reports. Fantastic. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, I just don't know why Consumer Reports isn't the number one uh, selling uh, magazine in America. I, I really don't know why it's not really the most important uh, online website. Uh, uh, they're just, uh, I know I carry on about Consumer Reports. I just can't get over the fact how pristine and how much integrity they have because they will not accept advertising. I mean, I'm, I, almost every other source of information, Kelly Blue Book, Edmonds, you name it, I don't know anyone that doesn't accept advertising. If you accept advertising, you cannot be totally objective. No. Just can't. Definitely. And also, they won't even allow. This actually bothers me as a business person. I would love to be able to advertise and say, Consumer Reports says that my product is the best. Consumer Reports won't even allow me to do that. And the reason they won't is because that raises the possibility that I go to Consumer Reports and say, I'll give you a million dollars if you will make my product number one. And how many times is that? J.D. Powers allows that. Mm -hmm. J.D. Powers, very prestigious. <coughs> I'm not accusing them of compromising their integrity. 
But I'm just telling you, there is absolutely no question the Consumer Reports is totally accurate. And boy, do they test stuff. I mean, isn't that isn't that the truth? Good point to bring up. Yeah, we just our washer died. We just uh, I, flooded I, the kitchen, and the, and it's going to cost more to repair this washer than to fix. So where did we go? Nancy goes to Consumer Reports, Bosch. I forget the model number. Then we go to Consumer Reports. Where can we buy a Bosch? Uh, Consumer Reports had a price on the Bosch. We call Lowe's. Lowe's had the model. And Lowe's had a slightly lower price than the Consumer Reports price. And we buy the thing. They're going to install it probably in the next couple of days. No brainer. We got the best dishwasher on the planet. And we trust the source of information. Absolutely. Consumer Reports. Before you buy anything, yeah, uh, I I really don't think uh, that there are a whole lot of people that realize the length that Consumer Report goes to, and they do go to great lengths. Uh, that uh, testing location for Consumer Report, the details, everything—it's like a Bible. And guess what? Earl is looking forward to using that dishwasher. So there you go. Eight seven seven nine six zero. Not so. Nine. <laughs> I'm looking forward to not having to wash dishes by hand. We've been doing that for three days. <laughs> Who? Well, you have. I, I rinse my spoons. Who? I always rinse my. Is there spoons. an owl in here? <laughs> oh yes, he's great at that. Boy, I'll tell you what. For uh, he's a real clean up guy. Mm-hmm. Very I think meticulous. I, have a Bosch. Hmm? I think I have a Bosch. I never oh, do. You? I'm I, out. Yeah, we had a what do we have a KitchenAid. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we have a KitchenAid. We had a KitchenAid and it died. It, uh, the uh, casket exploded. Back to Consumer <laughs> Report. Free and easy. I'll tell you what. To the point. All the testing, all the perks, all the details. It allows for transparency, honesty, and the best product, and it makes it easy to purchase. Just like a car. Still, we got another Back text. Back to Mr. Nope. Earl Stewart. No, I to cross oh, that we out. Text. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about um, something not related to cars, and we talked about dogs before. We, it's easy to lapse into dogs because, uh, you know, I, I can't help it. Um, <laughs> a lot of people, particularly Facebook friends, uh, and a lot of you, because there's been a lot of publicity, have heard about the brouhaha at the Palm Beach County Animal Control and Care Center in West Palm Beach. It's on Belvedere Road, and uh, it was found out, uh, WPTV uh, Channel 5 went in, and I believe Channel 12 may have, Big Palm Beach Post article, and the dogs were being kept in a very heated atmosphere, 95 degrees, 90 degrees. Uh, interestingly enough, the Palm Beach County Ordinance requires uh, that they be kept in 85 or less. I personally think 85 is too warm uh, to keep a dog, but they were violating their own ordinance. Palm Beach County runs and controls the animal control. And so um, I posted some Facebook criticism. Um, I was pretty harsh, and a lot of people saw that. And then the Palm Beach uh, Care and Control Animal Rescue League, I used to call them years ago, uh, called uh, Nancy and me, asked us to in- visit the place and talk to them. And we went out there yesterday, and we spent an hour and a half. And uh, I'm pleased to report that they have made significant changes already. Uh, they have opened up more windows. They bought more fans. Most importantly, they have purchased three giant portable air conditioners. Huge. I mean, you see these big generators behind Publix? I mean, these things are 50 feet long, 25 feet high. I mean, huge. 
and they have them installed. They will install them today. They have three kennels, and those were the kennels in question. When I was out there yesterday, I looked at the thermometer. We couldn't find the thermometer in one kennel. I won't don't want to be negative about that. And the other thermometer was located right next to the door where it was cooler. Uh, and it was 87 degrees. But at any rate, they will install the air conditioners today. They are going to call me and report the temperature. And I will confirm the accurate temperature, I promise you. And I want you to know that I want to salute the volunteers out at PBCACC, Palm Beach County Animal Control and Care. These are the innocent people, and those are the reason that I feel bad about my harsh criticism. Because they, they work out there, and they work in the heat with the dogs, and they volunteer their time. My criticism is directed at the Palm Beach County Commission and the administration that runs the Palm Beach County Care and Control. That's who it was directed at. And I want to thank the volunteers out there that work really hard. They also have about 75 or 80 employees of the county yeah. out there. It's quite an operation, and we definitely were impressed. And again, yeah. uh, Earl and I thank the volunteers. Uh, what a fabulous organization out there, and it is just amazing. I never realized how many cats they have. They are covered up with yeah, cats. They can't find, yeah, they can't find the homes for cats. Uh, Teeny tiny little cats. That's They're a sad, just babies sad and problem. big cats. Yeah, and sad problem. Yeah, yeah. Def definitely. So they have to euthanize a lot of cats. Yeah, yeah. so uh, we hope to be in touch with you this afternoon over there at the Animal Control and Care. So uh, kudos to all of you. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Three zero. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, crank up those phones, folks. Uh, you know, we're getting a few calls here, but you really do make the show, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, text are a little slow right now, too. So remember, anonymous text. Uh, don't have to identify yourself. Promise we won't track your phone number. We will not do that. 772-497-6530. Text us at area code 772-497-6530. 30 and of course call us love to have you call 877-960-9960 877-960-9960 and uh, i would love to hear about your experiences with car dealerships good bad and ugly and i got a great idea i think some of the reasons you don't call about negative experiences is because you don't want to criticize a, a car dealership by name you don't have to mention the name, but we always ask you to. So that's now we have the anonymous. Yes, take advantage of that website. So if you have a horror story that you want to talk about a particular car dealership, but you 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 hesitate to name him on on the air, use our anonymous tip line, which is your w o u r anonymous feedback. Your anonymous feedback dot com. You can use that for any comments. But particularly, if you have something about another car dealership where you hesitate to name names. So you're too polite. People don't, people don't like to get people in trouble. Uh, I have customers. I'm a Toyota dealer. And I have customers that call me up and they had a bad experience at my dealership. Yes, people do have bad experiences at my dealership. Sure. Uh, we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And far from it. 
And they will call me up and they'll say, this salesman didn't do the right thing. I say, would you mind mentioning the name of the salesperson? I'd prefer not to. And I can understand why. So use the anonymous tip line, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. This is uh, your way, our, excuse me, our way of, uh, of not exposing you. But more than anything, learning what we're doing wrong, how we can approve it, and move forward with continuous improvement. So help us out. YourAnonymousFeedback.com. We're going to go to John, who's holding. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. I want to discuss, uh, we're on ABC News. On It's an American milestone. August the 8th, 18. It was the 10th millionth car that was built. Um, the first came out in 4-1764 and the New York World's Fair. First day that it was announced, they sold 22,000 of them. In 18 months, they sold over 1 million. At that time, they had three plants, worked 10-hour shifts a day, six days a week. Anybody care to guess what the car is? You know, I should know the answer because I was at that World's Fair. I, I think I, Rick knows. I remember the World's Fair. 18, what was it? I'm going to bet the Ford Mustang. That's what it is. You got it right there. It's a car that you can still buy today. Uh, it was so successful from the beginning because it was affordable. The base price on them was only twenty-three fifty. They were sporty. They were stylish. It was just the right size, and it's a very popular car in, today, included. And yeah. they still make it convertible. Hey, John. But, but I want to say just to show you how long it takes to make a million. This was a million in eighteen months. Corvette took 39 years in 1992 to make a million. Cadillac, on the other hand, was, um, trying to think how Cadillac, was in 1949, and that's 44 years to make a million. So this is quite a milestone, an American success car with 10 million of them. Hey, and John. probably only the Model T or Model A were more popular than that. But to sell... First day, 22,000 cars on announcement is something. And I was at the World's Fair. I worked for corporate America in the beverage industry, and I remember the exhibit, and people were absolutely crazy over the style and the looks of this car, which is the same today. I mean, at the beginning, they, they, they had so many options on it. I mean, there were four V8 engines alone that were like 165 horsepower to 271 air conditioning, you name the accessories, power steering, and, and the like. And um, then they got smart, and they came out with limited editions, like the Ford Roush, the Shelby, and those cars today, they bring in the three figures. So this is an American success car, and I just thought it was worth mentioning when you're building 10 million of them. Well, here, here's one other thought for you, John. Can you guess what the price is? For the, the retail price on a 2018 Ford Mustang Cobra Jet? Uh, 2018, I guess about a hundred and some odd thousand. You're very close. This is coming from Automotive News, and the 2018 Ford Mustang Cobra Jet is going to cost $130,000. Does it have a real jet on it? <laughs> no, but I think it'll go almost as fast as one. Okay, I got a trivia question for both of you. What is wrong with the horse, the Mustang, on the front on the front grill of the Mustang? 
There's a problem. Well, they made a mistake. It's not a mistake. It has three legs. <laughs> you know, John? It's backwards. Yeah, it's running backwards. Horses just be running to, from left to right. The horse is running from right to left. Well, even horse today, race. they still call us uh, the pony uh, car, <laughs> and it's very success, successful because they yeah, the yeah, okay. okay. I'm sorry, that makes no sense. They can run either way. Point <laughs> it out, no. There's certain models that you could buy of the Mustang collectible, <laughs> and they'll still go up in value. That's so. very true, John. And, and those old Mustangs, they were some beautiful cars. Lee Iacocca designed one heck of a car there. And, I mean, look what they did with them. You know, when Roush got involved, and uh, who who was the other one there? Uh, the, the Shelby. Shelby. Carol Shelby. Shelby. Got, Carol Shelby got involved with them. They did some incredible things with those cars. It put put Ford back into the racing car division, that car. They got really ugly in the 1980s. went from Lee Iacocca. Yeah. That's the man. It was, he was behind it, and he used to visit the all of the three plants in uh, Michigan and New Jersey and California. He visited those plants personally, and my friend was with Ford at the time, and he was very successful as far as um, quality and, um, you know, strictness in the plants. But if you imagine building a car 10-hour shifts and six days a week just to meet the demand for it. Yeah. So this is an American icon, and it's a truly American success car. Exactly. John, Certain, uh, certainly is. thanks so much. You're, uh, you know, I said earlier, Tina was our best caller. You're tied with Tina, John. I, I don't want to take away from you. Two of you are great callers. Uh, we really appreciate it. And plus, you call regularly, which is important. I, I hope you can call again next week. Thank you for the compliment. Well, you, thank, you deserve it. Thank you so much, John. Keep those mailers coming. I love them. 877-960-9960. Okay. Or you can text us. It's... Seven nine two four nine seven. Seven seven two. Seven seven. Uh, give the number. Seven seven. Go ahead. Hmm? Give it up. I, I don't. I don't know. Seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Before I go on, I want to let you know that you can tune in in probably an hour for our mystery shopping report. It's a doozy. Also, you can uh, also uh, listen to Earl Stewart on cars anytime. Any place, any time, anywhere. It I can't stress that enough. By listening to our podcast, you can listen to Earl Stewart on Cars podcast uh, on Apple, uh, SoundCloud, uh, just about anywhere, and uh, take advantage of it. The full list is uh, on EarlOnCars.com. So there you go. No excuse. Listen to the radio show. Stu, I think we got some text coming in. Uh, we do. Exactly. We have uh, one uh, about the Costco Buying Club from Judy and Stewart. She says, I used the Costco Buying Club to try to buy my Murano, and I was grabbed by a regular salesman. When I said I was using the Costco Club, he said he was who I should work with. I left after they put me through the usual ringer. Then I tried True Car, got a great deal and a better experience at another dealership. Thanks for your advice, Earl and Nancy, Judy and Stewart. Fantastic. That well, thank is, you, uh, Judy. That is so typical. As a matter of fact, that reminds me of the mystery shopping report we have today. We had a mystery shop shopper, our 
our best agent, Agent X, go into a car dealership. I'm not going to tell you the name of the car dealership because I want you car dealers out there to sweat. Just you're all bit. listening. You're all gathered around the radio. Mom's and you're all waiting. Or maybe your uh, smartphones. I don't think car dealers right. have smartphones. But right. as, uh, as soon as you have the sales meeting this morning. Exactly. You'll gather around so the radio. So we're not going to tell you, but I will tell you this. When the uh, mystery shopper called and made an appointment uh, with a particular salesperson, he walked into the car dealership, and another salesperson approached him and tried to sell him the car and and really, really made it difficult for him to get the salesperson that he wanted to speak to. That's called skating, which is a vernacular in the car uh, lingo, which means stealing one customer away from another salesman. So this is, happens all the time. And uh, what's the name of our caller? Uh, of our caller? Yeah. Judy. Judy, Judy, when you uh, went in there and asked for the Costco salesperson, that was the, uh, th- that's what they were doing. They were trying to skate you, to k- t- take you away from the Costco representative. The way to avoid that in the future is to go to the website, get the name. You can even often see a picture of that salesperson, <laughs> and you can call ahead of time and say, I want to talk to uh Jim Jones, that's the Costco representative. And if you go in there and they won't let you talk to Jim Jones, turn around and walk off. Oh, sometimes they'll have multiple salespeople. I think we lost your audio there. Lost my audio. Nobody knows what happened here. Uh, somebody else, give me your uh, microphone. You can hear it? Oh, we, oh, okay, we they can hear it. Stu couldn't hear me. I don't care if you can't hear me. But anyway. I hope I'm okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming across fine on the air. So anyway, if you go into a car dealership to speak to a particular person, particularly the Costco or True Car representative, be sure you get that person because it is common practice for people to take the salesperson, skate the salesperson, and take the customer away. I believe we have another text. Yes, we do. Uh, this is also also from Stuart, Lenny and Stuart. If I disconnect my recalled Takata airbag from its power source, have I eliminated the risk of it exploding on its own, or am I still in danger? Lenny and Stewart. If he has done what? If he disconnects his recall Takata airbag from its power source. Yes, I would say yes, but I'll let Rick Kearney be the official on that. Rick, if you disconnect your Takata defective airbag, presumably because there's no fix available, if you disconnect it from the source or have someone do the power source, will uh, are they safe at that point? Uh, that's actually a tricky question because, and I'm, I'm going to bring this out, though it's a very rare situation. There have been, as far as I'm aware and able to find, four reported cases of very old Hondas, one of the first ones to get these Takata airbags, that have had airbags deploy, literally the, the inflator explodes, with no impact to the car, no reason for it. Okay, well, no impact wouldn't necessarily mean no power. Uh, well, it, it's what's occurring is what they believe is happening is that that ammonium nitrate propellant is degrading to the point of which it literally, well, I'll, I'll compare combustion. it to dynamite. Spontaneous combustion. Very much so. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll compare it to old dynamite that used to be used in mining. Uh, the dynamite was nitroglycerin in mm soaked in soda, yeah. into sawdust, and yeah. it would sweat over time, and that nitroglycerin would start to yeah. come to the outside. We'll, we'll research that. And, and it uh, could explode. We, uh, I, I, I would say unplug it for safety, yeah. but there's still a potential, so don't, don't wait if the vi- fix comes available. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, we have another text, I believe. Yeah, it's a <coughs> comment on our live Facebook feed, which you can find at facebook.com slash Cars. It's from Keith, and he says, I just purchased a new truck. The salesman was very helpful, and the young lady who handled the banking and all the paperwork was very good at what she does. I must have had to sign my name 50 or 60 times. My last truck I purchased in 2000, a GMC, I only remember signing my name maybe five times. Well, that's... Uh, that's interesting. Uh, I'd like to get some more details on that. Uh, I'd like to get the name of the dealership. We might even send a mystery shopper in there to check. 50 or 60 times sounds like an awful lot, lot of very, signatures. Very excessive. Uh, and uh, there are things that sometimes you sign that you don't know you're signing. I know that one of the things that I think is really, really deceitful is uh, car dealerships uh, will sometimes have customer rebates available and dealer rebates. Dealer rebates go straight to the dealer. Stu, jump in here and correct me if I'm wrong. And so if it's a customer rebate, uh, the customer has to agree to allow that rebate yes. to go back to the dealer. Now, otherwise you're entitled to it. You buy the card, it's a $1,000 rebate, you should get a $1,000 check or you should get $1,000 off the price of the car. But if you don't know that there's a customer rebate, one of the papers you might have signed was the fact that I hereby uh, will my customer rebate back to you. And you didn't know that you did it. So uh, you should always, uh, I really feel silly when I'm saying this, you should always read everything you sign. Nobody reads everything. But to make it simpler, if you are signing a rebate form where you're giving the dealer the right to keep that money, you better see that dollar amount on a line item on the buyer's order. Exactly. Very good point. So that's just one example. If you signed your name 40 times, then you signed your name more than you should. I'd love to know some of those things. Uh, one thing you're entitled to is a copy of everything you sign. Bingo. And I would uh, call that car dealership, and I would demand a copy of everything. And if it doesn't look like you got everything, I would uh, contact the dealer principal, the guy that owns the place, or certainly the general manager in control of the entire dealership, if that didn't work, I would call the finance lending institution. I would really make a big deal out of it. But if you sign your name 40 times, uh, you sign some stuff that you probably shouldn't sign. Mm-hmm. I would think maybe 10 signatures is ten, probably yeah. a 10. There's too many. Maybe a dozen. I There's too know. many signatures, and this goes. I could yeah. I could do a whole show on exactly. how stupid yes. it is yes, exactly. to have to sign your name on fine print that many times. Nobody reads those things. Yeah. I consider myself a fairly sophisticated buyer and I don't read stuff. Even I, if you pay cash, <coughs> you're still going to be paying When I went to Lowe's and I bought that dishwasher the other day, Nancy and I out there, we didn't read that contract. I, I mean, it would have taken me 20 minutes to read that contract. Mm-hmm. And if I read it, I wouldn't know what I was reading. The whole idea of disclosure in fine print is one of the biggest jokes of all time. But I'm getting off on a rant. And we should need to get going here. So it's copying everything and anything. And uh, I'm a fool for copying. Take a look at my office, and it's covered up with copies. But they're very important because things move so rapidly when you're purchasing a vehicle, leasing a vehicle, even in service. You must have copies of what you signed. Yeah, And if you didn't take them with you when you bought the car... By law, they have to retain those records for, what, seven years, I think? Seven years. Yeah. So uh, you can call the dealer that you bought your car, and you want copies of everything. You can still do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Hey, if Napleton can keep records for 
20 years uh, because they keep emailing me and uh, they, uh, they, uh, they, they keep in the small and fine print. This email is being sent to you, Nancy Stewart, because you either showed interest purchasing, servicing a vehicle at Napleton. Well, lo and behold, at my age, I don't remember a whole lot, but <coughs> Earl brought to my attention that about 20 years ago, uh, I decided, you know, I wanted to have a little bit of fun, and uh, I was going back and forth on the telephone with Napleton, and uh, they stored that in their, uh, well, memory bank. Yeah, they have to have a contact from a customer in order to enable them to send you an email. Yeah, but what I didn't know, that if it was 20 years ago, yeah. that they would still have my information. How, 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 how does that happen? I mean, no. anyway, that's some a more phone rhetoric calls. question. Need some more phone calls. 877-960-9960. Uh, it's a little quiet here. Too quiet. <laughs> I like that when John Wayne says that. Something's coming. Yeah, it's too quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mohawks. Chiricahua. That's not politically correct anymore. Right? <laughs> okay. No. I'm sorry. I apologize. We learned that last night on Nurse Jackie. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. Okay. Text number is 772-497-6530. Text again is 772-497-6530. Yep. And the phone number is 877-960-9960. Please Rick call. Rick has a question. Yeah. I'm going to throw out just a, a public service announcement. Because we did have a text about Takata airbags, dot safercar.gov it's the national highway traffic safety administration's website there's a yellow box over to the right hand side of the screen that you click on that and it will let you put in the vin number from your car and search for any open safety campaigns on your car mm -hmm. do this for all of your cars your family's cars your <coughs> friends cars check all of them folks you have no idea how many open campaigns there are on these cars. It only takes a minute per car just to put that VIN number in and check and see if there are any open campaigns. It's safercar.gov. And I, I tell you, folks, it's I, I've spent the past three weeks, I was doing firefighter training on how to handle hybrid cars for our first responders when they approach these cars at accident scenes. And I mentioned this website at every one of these classes that I did, and I couldn't believe the number of these firefighters all of a sudden pulling out pens and writing this down, this yeah. website, yeah. because they even they hadn't thought of it. And it's it's great information. Yeah, this is probably a stretch, but some folks out there, VIN stands for a vehicle identification number. Years ago, I used to call them serial numbers, um, and it's a 17-digit number. So if you find a number, it's got 17 digits, letters, and numbers. And uh, it's usually on the door jam. It'll yep. be on uh, be in your uh, uh, paperwork when you. It'll be the on your insurance card registration. Yep, on your registration. The bottom of your windshield, right on the driver's side. Yeah, yeah it's on right there on the car. Yep. Or it could be on your dash, stamped mm -hmm. on the dash. Yep. And my car is stamped on the dash. I have a black dash and a stamp, and you can't see it ah. outside of that. And if you try to take a picture of it through the windshield, the flash uh, reflects in. What the about the inside? Don't worry, I have your VIN written. I digress. Jam. Yep. Inside there's a, of the there's door a jam. sticker on the inside yep. of your driver's side door jam. Yeah, okay. Now, I want to mention the mystery shop again. The reason I want to mention it is because it was rather egregious. Um, it was a surprise. It was a disappointment. I'll, I'm not going to give you the name. 
of the dealership. But I'm going to say this. This dealer was on our recommended dealer list. We have a recommended deal list, and we have a do not buy from this dealer list. And you can access that by going to gooddealerbaddealerlist.com. Gooddealerbaddealerlist.com. We sure give out a lot of URLs, and I know it's confusing. The, the easiest is Earl on Cars because they're yeah. all right there. You go to Earl on Cars, you there get you, all this good stuff. Point. And when you go to Earl on Cars, you go look for Good Dealer, Bad Dealer List, and click on that. We're taking one dealer off that uh, Good Dealer List today. And we'll be uh, talking well, we about that. We haven't voted yet. I know we haven't. We're, I can. <laughs> we know where it's going, though. I'm so embarrassed. That, that's kind of like I prejudged it. That's okay. Yeah. But I just know from experience, hey. this is so egregious. It was pretty obvious. So uh. you, de- you car dealers out there sweat, okay? I want you to sweat because it might be you. And uh, we were, you, uh, we had a very good report, didn't we, yeah. the last time we shopped it. And I think what this tells us is that car dealerships are made up of lots of people. And you have good people and bad people. I mean, I've got a car dealership. And if I told you I didn't have any bad people there, I'd be probably lying to you. Of course. No, of I, course. I have 180 people working at my dealership. And if I didn't have one or two rotten apples... I would be delusional. Everybody. So when you own a car dealership, the individual that you're dealing with can be the culprit, not the owner, the general manager, or even the sales manager. Yeah, exactly. And we're all striving for continuous improvement. And we all make mistakes. And there isn't anyone who doesn't. So as long as you're aware of those mistakes and you try to improve, that's three quarters of the battle. We're going to go to Frank. Good morning, Frank. Hey, good morning, Earl and Nancy. Morning. Um, just to give you a little feedback, uh, my girlfriend retired about a month ago, and we've been in the market for a car to replace the car she gave to her son. She had a Honda Accord, only three years old, but he needed a better car. Mm-hmm. So anyway, now we've been in the market looking for cars, mm-hmm. or possibly even a truck. Um, our very first stop was your dealership. Very rewarding, very nice. Unfortunately, the car that she was looking at didn't quite have the visibility that she was hoping for, and so. But it was an interesting time. Mm-hmm. From there, we've gone to other dealerships, and I'll tell about yesterday. We went all the way down to almost Miami, to a place called H. Greg, where they sell um, a lot of used cars. A very big dealer, I guess, in Canada, and he's trying to make his mark down here. Frank, spell that. I didn't get the name. H. H is in hotel. Greg. G is in golf. R is a Romo, E is an Echo, and just one G. Oh, H. Greg. Never heard of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're they're really quite big. My um, financial advisor told me to go down there because he oh. gets such great deals. And I guess if you want some really high end cars like the Ferraris and the Porsches and the BMWs, they got uh, and Maseratis. Oh my goodness, you could, it's more than you could shake a stick at. Wow. I had a thousand down there. Wow. But anyway, the reason we went down there was to look at two different vehicles that was on their website. may mm-hmm. still be there. I didn't look this morning. Um, they're Ford F-150 pickups, um, the 2018 models, specifically saying they were the King Ranch version. Mm-hmm. And it was very well spelled out that the you know, MSRPs are in the high 50s, and they're selling for only twenty-eight or $29,000. I said, this seems too good to be true. <laughs> So, oh, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can see where this is going. So, um, and I was very specific with the um, 
representative saying, is this really a King Ranch? Because all the items they had listed showed it should have been a King Ranch, but mm-hmm. to go from an F- MSRP of 57000 to twenty nine seemed, especially on a 6,000 miles used 2018, seems incredible. Yeah, I'm looking at their listing right now for this okay. truck. Yeah. See if they still got them in the They do. This is the one. This okay. is the 2018 Ford F-150 King Ranch for 28798 Wow. Well, okay, here, here's the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Lori and I got up early yesterday morning to make the drive down to Miami mm-hmm. in rush hour traffic. Um, oh, we got there before the dealer opened a little after 8. Huge dealership. In fact, that's where I sent you a picture. We saw a Toyota yeah. um, pickup truck from the 1700s. It's really amazing, at least that <laughs> model. But anyway, um, as it was, they were just plain old. XLTs. They weren't even lariats. They were XLTs, which um, obviously was very false advertising. And I was more than disappointed. But I mentioned it, and they were actually the the one manager. Um, I think I got. I should get my glasses. Anyway, Tory Lynn, I believe it is. He um, he understood my frustration. He said, "Yeah, this is wrong. This is just a computer thing." Or hmm. so anyway. He said, "Here, let me at least go fill your car with gas." Wow. And I said, well, that was actually kind of, you know, a respectable, nice thing to do. It was. And, so, yeah, so I, I didn't even ask for it. He offered it. So there are some dealers out there, when they make mistakes, owe up to it. And he says, yeah, we got to get it checked. And But unfortunately, I guess if it's still there this morning, it's not been <laughs> checked that well. Yeah, he's a, hasn't got around it's to it. still listed, yeah. But i got to say, they have a really nice website. Yeah. I mean, this is beautiful. Well, that's, in, that's interesting and really interesting there. Uh, what a, I've never heard of a sales manager or a salesman confessing, apologizing, and giving the customer a free tank of gas. Yeah. It is, uh, it's, it's unheard of. It's either the nicest thing I've heard uh-huh. or just I've, brilliant deception. I've done that. Not to deceive. Yeah. Well. <laughs> no, no this, guy, this guy really seemed genuine, um, you know, remorseful. Yeah. And, um. Well, Frank, you have I'm to trying, remember. Yeah, I'm trying to get his name. It's um, the, the, well, the Tory Lynn. Tory Lynn. Tory Lynn. And I told him about your show. I yeah. said, you're going to be on the radio tomorrow, buddy. <laughs> because you should listen to the show. You know? And so, anyway, it was. I love and then it. afterwards, he did suggest a restaurant. I to think, go you, to, I think you were threatening him, Frank. <laughs> and then we went to another Ford dealer down there. And it's, it's the same malarkey that you talk about on your show all the time. I mean, it's amazing. I'm not going to make um, any judgment here, but. I will say this, that to get this listing on their website as a King Ranch, it had to have been a manual entry because uh, the VIN, I just tried to do an appraisal on it, the VIN does not reveal whether it's the King Ranch model or not. You have to manually select that. Mm. So uh-huh. um, it could have been a fat finger, so it might have clicked the wrong checkbox, yeah. but it's uh, this wasn't an automated mistake, in other words. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, we saw King Ranch just down the street from you at, um, oh, let me think of the guy. Mullinax? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And um, actually ran across the gentleman. I, I love dropping um, Earl's name. The, re- <laughs> the response you see can be everything from discord, hatred. Actually, you know, oh, yeah, he's a nice guy. But I met a guy, you may know, Scott Nichols. Sounds Scott familiar. Nichols. Scott Nichols. They might have for us. We have a John Nichols who yeah. works for us. Yeah. He's listening right now. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Uh, he's a University of Miami graduate like I am. Of course, he's younger than I am, uh, but such is life. It seems like everyone's getting to that point now. <laughs> but um, in any event, uh, very nice guy. His dealership is nice. He also doesn't have the dealer fees 
Um, if they are, they're hidden very well. Very small yeah. fee, as I recall. $102. $102, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they call it something but, um, else. He, but, uh, they used he to have a ranch, yeah. and um, we, we touch drove it. It's an interesting truck. I mean, the, the interior is lovely. And it's the first actual vehicle my girlfriend now likes. I mean, you know, unfortunately, the sticker price is kind of scary. Yeah. But um, And one quick, um, after we went to the dealership yesterday, we went to Outback Restaurant down here in Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And at the table, these people were coming out, and they were smiling. We got talking about this and that and about car buying it. They said, we just bought a car, a Camry. I said, from Earl Stewart. They said, yes, from Earl Stewart. Just picked it up yesterday, a black, or day before yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, and they were so happy with your dealership, with the exception of one small thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the salesman, uh, I guess, for being from another country, uh-huh. was a little hard to understand in explaining some of the, the um, systems in the car. Yeah. I said, well, just go back another time. There's, they got other people that can help you out. Sure. And they go, do you work for them? I said, no, I just like the company and the, and the show. But um, oh, thank anyway, you. but yeah. Well, you know, Frank, I got to tell you, I got to compliment you. Uh, this is the best call we've had probably ever. And uh, you really covered a lot. And I'm not, beca- you know, I'm not saying because of the compliments. I'm saying that uh, that helped. You know, I love compliments. But, but uh, you really, uh, you're an astute uh, buyer, and, and uh, uh, Lori's uh, very happy to have you along, I'm sure. And uh, the idea that uh, this interesting thing can happen at uh, the luxury car dealer. H. Greg. Yeah, H. Greg. Uh, we're going to mystery shop him and uh, go down there and find out the real story. Uh, I'd love to give him, if it was a sincere uh, gesture they made and they correct the problem, uh, we'll put them on a recommended dealer list. But we'll go, go down there undercover and see if, uh, if it was just uh, extremely uh, clever deceit on Tory's part. Uh, but uh, it was a great, great call, Frank. Thank you so much. I hope you keep on calling. I really do. Yeah. Hey, Frank. Uh, we uh, will. It, this and, is, and we learn a lot from you guys. I mean, we use some of your suggestions. That's why she would never go in alone. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and we also try with the Costco price, and we're both military and I also carried a federal marshal badge at one point in my career. So yeah, very uh, educated yeah. consumers. Yeah. Uh, hey Frank, would you uh, would you stay on the line and uh, give uh, Colin and before our, we get rid of Frank? Can I ask? Uh, oh yes, Frank, okay. USA member. You just uh, rang a bell with USSA. me. USA. USAA. <laughs> uh, you, USA. Uh, you you qualify for a special discount from TrueCar, uh, USAA members. So remember. Uh, <clears throat> that you can, uh, if you're shopping for a new car or a used car, uh, you get a special preference with um, TrueCar. TrueCar is the largest single stockholder. I mean, USAA is the largest single stockholder in TrueCar. They own 20% of TrueCar. So uh, you're being a, a veteran, and Lori being a veteran, you both qualify. Yeah. Uh, great information. Uh, Frank, I want to compliment you uh, for uh, going all the way down to Miami uh, with your girlfriend. Uh, you know, there's so, you have so much power uh, in numbers. So that was a, a great effort on your part. And I'd uh, like you to uh, share your phone number, if you wouldn't mind, with Colin, who's in our control room. I'd like to give you a call after the show, if you don't mind. I have a couple questions for you that I cannot I don't have time to get into right now. Can you do that? Oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Frank. Thank you so much to you and Lori, and uh, keep calling, keep listening. We enjoy your company. Yeah, you, you'll be really shocked at where we might be doing it in a few hours. 
Uh-oh. <laughs> we, we, found, we found the truck we are looking for in Daytona. Oh, boy. So we were going to probably drive there this You morning. are very serious. My goodness gracious, that hey, is fantastic. you got to videotape the experience and send it to us. Yeah, yeah that's another. Yeah. I just you want didn't to see, see me last night. I looked like death formed over. I mean, I'm getting too old to make all these drives. <laughs> Stay behind the camera then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stay behind the camera. And guess what? I'd love to see the look on the salesperson, the owner, uh, if that's possible, of the dealership. When you say anything and everything, about Earl Stewart. <laughs> that would be oh magical. Oh my goodness, I tell you, it's like a lightning rod. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, positive stuff, and but probably more negative, unfortunately, yeah. because yeah. they just, yeah. they just uh, don't like how you're being exposing them. I don't wear this Kevlar vest for nothing, Frank. <laughs> I have a couple deadbolts on our front door, and we spend a lot of time in the backyard. Okay, uh, listen, call us again. I'll leave you the information. I'll stay by. Yeah, thank you you so much. Uh, That was Frank. Boy, I'll tell you, what a great caller. We have so many great callers. And, you know, uh, Earl was talking about Tina earlier, and then we had, uh, I think, uh, Judy, as far as the text is concerned. You know what? I want to give a shout-out to Desiree, I have not heard from you, young lady, in quite a while. What a great caller you've been. And uh, a few of the ladies have kind of like disappeared. And I just want to let you know that any question, anything at all that you want to discuss, it's all important. Any question and every question. So ladies, remember, give us a call. I'd love to hear from you. The boys would love to hear from you. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now, I believe the recovering car dealer is going to go over some text messages. The texts are pouring in, Stu. Um, pi- sorry, Stu. That's right. They're piling up, and I think we can get through them pretty quickly. The first one inspired by our discussion on signatures, says, I signed a power of attorney when I bought my car. Should I be worried that this could be abused by the dealer? The power of attorney uh, is necessary for the dealer to process tag work. But what you need to do is don't ever sign a blank document, uh, power of attorney. You need to know specifically what that power of attorney will be applied for. But in and of itself, the power of attorney, it's a limited power of attorney, by the way. It's not a general power of attorney. And it's limited to the specific institution that the, let's say it's the tag agency that the car dealer has to deal with. Okay. The next one comes on our live Facebook feed, and it's from Sharon. And she said, AAA steered me to a Jupiter business to replace a blown tire. $1,500 later to replace one tire. Hmm. I made the mistake of not going to my trusted mechanic, Mike's Auto in Jupiter. Hmm. Elder abuse? Question mark. Um, the next qu- uh, comment. On the AAA, should I comment oh, on oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. AAA, is, uh, AAA is a good outfit. Uh, they have their approved dealer list. And like anybody else, True Car, Costco, their approved dealer list is only good as the dealer that's approved. Uh, they don't shop. They don't uh, check. They don't follow up. Uh, you should complain to AAA because if you complain to AAA, they will at least put a strike against that tire guy so we won't try to take advantage of somebody else again or else they'll throw them off the team. Yeah, yep. Um, we have a follow-up comment from Keith who said, uh, who mentioned uh, the last purchase he made where he signed 40 to 50 times. He concedes it was, might have been a slight exaggeration, more like 30 times. So he just wanted to get that on the record. Yeah, still too many. 30. Too many. Too many. Yeah, maybe 10 or 12. But 10 or 12. The 30 was a... Yes. Exactly. Um, and then also uh, we have, oh, a comment. This is on USAA. I must have been listening a minute ago. It said, USAA gave me a reduced interest rate in 2016, but not an actual discount. Is this new? 
I don't know. It varies. Uh, USAA programs, it's entirely up to them. Uh, they are the most admired insurance company. Uh, they have high integrity. Uh, they are a great outfit. And you're very fortunate if you are a USAA member, take advantage of their benefits. And uh, uh, anything to do with your car, they can really help you. Uh, and as I say, they are partners with TrueCar. So USAA members, uh, by all means, take advantage of TrueCar. It could be a subsidized interest rate or it could be a discount on the car. Great information. Uh, Keith, we'll get right to you. Uh, do we have another text? We cleared them out. Okay. Keith, good morning. Welcome hey. to Earl Stewart on Cars. Hey, good morning. How you doing there? Doing great. great. Thanks for the call. Hey, hey, I finally picked up my my truck. I got it from actually I got it from Earl the other day, mm-hmm. last week. I'm the one who who talked about uh, possibly signing close to like thirty times. It seemed like it just <laughs> it seemed like a whole lot of a lot of signatures and stuff. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. It's, it's like been quite a while a house. since I purchased a new car. Yeah, uh, it was. It, it just seemed wild that there were so yeah. many things to sign. Uh, but the we ended up getting the the Tundra and uh, mm-hmm. the extra cab. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very, very happy with that. Using this can be using it for traveling. Great. So, well, you you bought the car that is uh, recommended by Consumer Reports as the number one truck, and uh, I know I say Consumer Reports too much. Uh, I report the good, the bad, and the ugly. Earlier, I said that. Uh, the Toyota Sienna got a bad crash rating, and uh, the good news is some of their models have good ratings. In this case here, Consumer Report uh, ranks the Tundra the number one uh, vehicle. You'll, you'll find that no matter what the manufacturer is, the ratings uh, vary from model to model. You can have a manufacturer with a terrible model they build, and another one will be a great model. So you picked one of the best trucks on the market, and uh, congratulations. Yeah, my son got his probably about four years ago, five years ago from you, and he's got about eighty thousand miles on it now, yeah. and he's been super happy with it, and that's why he uh, he came in with me when I and helped me pick out the one that I got. Great. So, well, Keith, thanks so much for, daughter, a, for letting well, us my know. My daughter will probably be the next on the list to get a, a new car from you. So. Beautiful. Well, Keith, Keith, thank you very much. And, yes, uh, thank you. Call thank in you, again Keith. anytime, and we'd love to hear from you next week if you could if you have the time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Earl. Take care. Bye-bye. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. You know, I brought in something that Nancy will remember because <laughs> we've been on this show for 10 years. Where's the magnifying glass? In Bath. I forgot the magnifying glass. Back uh, 10 years ago, this used to be a big part of the show, the auto-classified. Now there's no more auto classified. Well, except for Roger Dean Chevrolet. They're, <laughs> they're the last of the Bohegans. He did what you did in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is what it used to be. I mean, virtually all the ads, the TV, there was no such thing as social media. Yeah. No Facebook, no nothing, and no online uh, to speak of. And everybody advertised. And uh, the fine print, there, there's the fine print there at the bottom. And it's kind of nostalgia. To, to go through this, uh, just I get a kick out of reading the fine print because yeah, they still do the same lane. thing. Uh, <laughs> they have stock numbers uh, with every vehicle, and they give the stock number in the fine print. And the uh, stock number t- says, uh, so "Here, I'll give you an example." The stock number 
STK period, T18494, parentheses 7. So that's the code number for a specific car. Why do they put these stock numbers in? Because it said there's only one vehicle available. Look at you it. You can't buy that one vehicle. Also, the Florida law says that you can, you must advertise, include the dealer fee in the advertised price of every vehicle. So when you come in, they have the vehicle with the stock number in the fine print. They have that advertised with the dealer fee in it. But when you come in, that car is sold. Oops, car is sold. But they find another one just like it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the other one just Almost. like it is just like it, except it wasn't advertised, so they can now add their dealer fee. And the dealer fee is often not even disclosed. In this case here, I think Roger Dean's dealer fee is around seven or 800 bucks. But they don't say it's seven or 800 bucks. They just say plus dealer fee in the fine print. And, of course, the other fine print game... And you can't read this. I mean, I'll, I'll hold it up to the camera. You can't read that. You need a mic. Um, uh, I can do it if I put it up this close to my eyes. Uh, they say that you must be eligible for all rebates, and one of the rebates is the competitive lease or the competitive buyer or the loyalty or the uh, a member of the uh, USAA or a uh, member of the Farmers Credit Union. They can make the rebates anything they want. If you're not eligible, the advertised price does not apply. So a little nostalgia. Uh, fortunately, newspapers are practically gone, and there's only one dealer still advertising, and that's Roger Dean Chevrolet. It was amazing how many classified advertisements we brought in oh, yeah. on a Saturday morning. It, it was just amazing. Eight or ten pages, solid. Yeah. yeah, just to go through that maze of uh, advertising and then getting out the you know, magnifying glass because we couldn't read anything. So, folks, give us a call. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I believe the Stu has... Uh, some more text? Yes, we do. We got two. Uh, we have one from Robert and Stewart. It says, good morning. Why do auto insurance companies now set your rates based on your credit rating rather than just your driving record? This is even if you've been with them for six years with no claims. Robert, uh, <coughs> it, it, makes, it makes me feel bad to read that. And uh, insurance rates are created by actuarials. Uh, it's a algorithm kind of a high-tech data thing and they go through and sift all the data on everything even unrelated to driving such as credit scores and apparently in their data mining and analysis and all the rest of it they found that the average person with a low credit rating has more accidents than a person with a high credit rating I'm not sure why uh, it could be a lot of things could be the People with lower credit scores uh, put more miles on their cars. Could be people with lower credit scores buy older cars that might be more prone to defects. or I don't know what it is. But the algorithm does say that. And it's a monetary thing. Some people seem to think it's a, a discrimination thing. I mean, why should a man with an 800 beacon have a lower insurance premium than a man or a woman with a 500 beacon? Doesn't sound right, does it? But there is an actuarial, logical reason behind it. Sounds kind of cold-blooded. I don't like it, but that's just the way it is. No okay. text? 
The next one's from Beverly, and she is basically describing a, f a fiasco when she tried to buy her, her Honda. She says she bought a Honda Fit at a dealership off I-95 in Blue Heron. Uh, she was asking a lot of questions of the salesman. I had a Honda previously and wanted another. I was very tired. Don't like shopping for cars in the first place. Night manager came over, said he was taking over. He spoke to me in a manner that I don't usually tolerate, but I thought, well, I'm tired and probably just overreacting. It was an awful experience. About six months months after I was react, um, sorry, after about six months after I was checking through credit things and found that he had worked the paperwork around. So that I was paying a very high interest rate that was not warranted with my credit rating of 780 at 12%. So when I took my car to another Honda dealer to get the airbag fix, I was told I would only get the smallest replacement car. Okay, this goes on. Basically, let me, let, let me address <laughs> that after we talk to Don. Don's been holding, oh, yeah. and I didn't see the caller, yeah. and Good. I apologize. We try to take our callers over the sure. textures. We will Good get morning, to Don. Text. What can we do Good for morning. you? I talked to you last week about that luxury van I bought, and uh, I brought it in now for the fourth time. That had that bump chuggle fish bite. Uh, remember that call? Yep. Okay. I brought it back for the fourth time. <clears throat> yes, like I said before, the miss was just exactly like uh, if you pull a plug wire off of a conventional car. That's what it acted like. Um, well, the fourth time they. They sent me to this bullet and claimed there is no problem that it's a characteristic of the truck or the car or vehicle, whatever. So, now they agree with me that it does this, but they call it the thump, juggle, fish bite. And uh, so that's where we're at now, and nobody's there at that dealership for a month. So I went ahead and contacted a lawyer, and he's looking into it. So that's where we're at with this case right now. Wow. Okay, so just just to let our audience know what uh, what was going on here with Don, uh, he bought a GMC conversion van, a luxury conversion van, and it had what the GMC people call a chuggle or a fish bite. I I don't know where they get these terms. Uh, they make it sound so amusing, but it basically at certain points when you're accelerating in the van, it begins to shake and shudder as though it's got a misfire, and <clears throat> I looked it up on the internet, and there's a lot of information about this issue and people complaining about it, and apparently GMC is telling Don that this is a normal condition of this van and nothing they can do to fix it. So you, you say you've got a lawyer involved now, Don. Is that right? Uh, yes, I do. I wanted to talk to uh, uh, Chuck Schumacher personally, but he was out of, out of town for a month, so in all fairness, they've been... You know, telling me, okay, we know there's a problem. They, well, they want to say problem. They say characteristic. So, um, but now he says that they, the people that are now say, well, this is a problem with the Lemon Law, and that's what GM uh, problem that is out of the dealership's hands. And my comeback to that is when I test drove the, the three-quarter ton van that they had, mm -hmm. it did the same thing. And I said to the salesperson at that time that you need to, you're not going to be able to sell this truck like this, you know, because of the shape. It's got a mist like it's a plug wire or an injector plugged up. That's what it acts like. And the salesperson said, well, we know that. We're going to take care of it. So I'm assuming it's just a problem with that truck. I went ahead and, and, bought, and 
bought this new one and ordered all the stuff I wanted on it. But nobody ever told me at that time if that was a characteristic of a van or I would not have bought it. Right. Yeah, that, that sounds very deceptive to me. And that, I think, is a situation, uh, you know, now that your lawyer's involved in this, um, that that's something I'm, I'm very interested to hear. I think we all are interested to hear what will eventually come of this. Because even though they it is something... Are, they, they referred me to a bulletin that came out about a month ago that they handed me when I got my vehicle back, and it pretty much said that, you know, this is a characteristic problem, and it listed a bunch of other vehicles that had the same problem. All GM, all GM vehicles, you know, so... Right, they, but, they did not make me aware of it when I bought this one. Yeah. I mean, they, they could give me the truck, and I don't want it. It's that bad. Oh, I don't blame you. Yeah, this, this sounds like a situation. You're going to need to let that lawyer handle it and let them basically get your money back out of this thing and get out of it. Don, I've, I've only got 400 miles on it right now, and I'm not driving it. Don, be sure you get uh, an estimate from your attorney um, and find out what is, this is going to cost you. And uh, I know. Well, I'm going to, yeah, Monday yeah. I'm dealing with that. He said he was going to look into the law and we're going to go over this problem on Monday. Yeah, if you can get him to take it on contingency where he gets just a, a piece of the settlement or the or the, or the decision, that's good. But you always want to get a, a lawyer to tell you what it's going to cost before you go ahead. It could cost you more to litigate this than you're going to get from, uh, you know, from uh, Ford. Yeah, or right. GMC. Well, he GMC said right off the beginning when I talked to him that he thought the only lawyer's fees could be recovered is if we had to go to trial. Yeah. Ooh. Sometimes just a letter from the lawyer will be enough. So I think you did the right thing. Just wanted to caution you on the, uh, there's only a, yeah. one thing yes. that can be as bad as a car dealer, and that's a lawyer. So they're both on the bottom <laughs> of the, of the <laughs> ethics yeah. and honesty. So. Yeah, I didn't want to go there, but I didn't want to yeah. wait another month. I got you. I got back. Yeah. <laughs> well, Don, thanks that's very much. Well, I'll keep you informed. Please do. Thank you. I appreciate the call. Yes, thank you for thank calling. You. Stay in touch, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're getting close to uh, mystery shopping report time, so all you car dealers, get ready. Tune in now. Get ready. It's uh, a dealer that we're going to move, and I, I know I'm prejudging, but this mystery shopping report was so bad I'm confident that the voters, you can vote too you know you listeners yes uh, and nancy and rick and Stu and i will all cast a vote it's so bad that this recommended dealer we had on our list will be moved off so stay tuned now i'm gonna do a little commercial okay but before you do uh to our listeners to our followers remember that website that earl began uh two weeks ago was it two weeks ago week ago your anonymous Real important we hear from you. Uh, Earl set it up for many reasons and would like you to take advantage of. And also a uh, place to go for recalls that Rick mentioned earlier was uh, safercar.gov. Right? 
Yep. And we have, uh, we have three or four of those. Uh, I just looked at my iPhone, and I'm very personally surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I hopefully we'll have time to get to those, but I promise we will get to them, and we will, if we don't have time during this segment of the show or this show, then we will do it next Saturday. Yes, and uh, one thing that I will get to next Saturday, unless I post it on my Facebook, is some great news about the stereotype and women being taken advantage of. Uh, The article appeared in the Money magazine, and uh, it uh, clearly states that men are paying more than women for a lease car. So that is uh, a stereotype that has been uh, squelched. Now for Mr. Stewart's commercial. Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. This is a how-to-do-it book. It's all you'll ever need to help you buy or lease or maintain or repair your car. It's uh, authored by me, uh, Confessions of Recovering Car Dealer, available on Amazon.com. And 100% of the proceeds of the book goes to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Big Dog Ranch Rescue is the largest no-kill shelter in Florida. We, We have found homes. Last year, we found homes for 5,000 dogs, and it will be more than 5,000 dogs this year. Uh, It is a beautiful facility located in Loxahatchee Groves, west on Okeechobee Boulevard. And uh, you can't miss it. It's 3,000 acres. We just had the grand opening of our new veterinary clinic uh, day before yesterday. That's right. We have a huge medical facility. We have a lake. We have a swimming pool. We don't keep our dogs in cages. Our dogs are all in bunkhouses or dorm rooms. Four or five dogs to a room. They're hand-painted, faux-finish walls. We have uh, mattresses, comfortable, air-conditioned, beautiful. We're going out through the stack. Big Dog Ranch is such a nice place, (laughs) we have to beg the dogs to leave. They don't even want, I'm only kidding. They love to be fostered and they love to have a new home. We bring a lot of dogs in from all over. Uh, We fly them in from the Virgin Islands. We fly them in from Puerto Rico. We even flew them in from Houston. We have about 500 dogs available. Uh, We have big dogs and small dogs. We call it Big Dog Ranch Rescue because uh, we started out with big dogs. Now we branched out into small and medium-sized dogs. And we have from Chihuahuas to Great Danes. We have them all. And uh, you buy a book, all the money goes to Big Dog Ranch. Plus, you have a handbook on how to buy or lease a car, maintain or repair a car without being ripped off by a car dealer. Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Amazon. Amazon Amazon.com. Thank you very much. Yeah, and that's, uh, as you can see on my business card, that's a big dog and little dog. You know, i got to take two minutes. I'm not... My head's spinning, my hair. We have all these anonymous uh, things, and we have a mystery shopping report. Uh, okay. Uh, I want to let our I want to tell our listeners about this uh, new program that Kroger is uh, participating in, and it's a new test driverless grocery delivery list in Scottsdale, Arizona. This is going to be something. Supermarket giant Kroger confirms customers in Scottsdale, Arizona will soon be able to place their grocery order online if they shop at the subsidiary fries starting Thursday. Orders can be scheduled the same day or the next day delivered by an automated vehicle. Shoppers will have to pay $5.95 flat fee without a minimum order. It's amazing. Driverless do we have time for anonymous feedback? Yeah, I think we have time for one. Okay. It's a good one. 
Uh, if a salesperson can so easily help you purchase a car under the guise of being a Costco representative, could a prospective car buyer simply pretend to be a Costco member and demand the unique and lowest price? I love. That's a great price. I love that anonymous. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're trying to deceive you. Why not try to deceive them? Uh, I guess I should probably. Well, we've done uh, it on Mr. My, Shopping Reports. My attorney. <laughs> My attorney would probably say, you can't say that on the air, but I'm going to say it on the air anyway. If you're not a Costco member, go into the car dealership, tell them you're a Costco member, demand to see the Costco representative, and you can go to the Costco website. I don't think you can get to the Costco website without a membership number. You can borrow a membership number, and you can demand to see the Costco representative and get the Costco price without even being a Costco member. Yeah, you could everybody just start deceiving each yeah. other. <laughs> and we know from our vast shopping of car dealerships on the Costco, they don't ask to see the Costco membership identification. Mm-hmm. We've never had one ask to see the Costco member identification once. So thank you, anonymous feedback. Thank you very much. Okay. Let's move to the mystery shopping report, and if we get through this, we might get back and do another anonymous feedback. Love that anonymous feedback, www.youranonymousfeedback.com, Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback, F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K.com, youranonymousfeedback.com. Tell us what you think we should know, and maybe you're too polite to or maybe you're a little embarrassed or maybe you're shy. Anonymous feedback. Mystery shopping report. Okay, car dealers, stand by. West Palm Beach Kia. (sighs) That was a sigh of relief from (laughs) 45 car dealers out there waiting. It wasn't us. It wasn't us. You can hear it. (laughs) That thud was the general manager at West Palm Beach Kia hitting the floor. It's us. Well, at least he didn't hit the salesman. (laughs) Yes. Well, maybe he will when he hears the report. This week, we refocused our attention on the Zuccotti Airbag Recall by revisiting a car dealer who has given us mixed performances in the past. We've mainly investigated West Palm Beach Kia for aggressive sales practices, including high dealer fees, addenda for dealer-installed options, probably the highest addenda of all time. I believe it was $10,000. That's a Guinness Book of World Record for the phony Monroney. Our last two visits to West Palm Beach Kia were surprising. We went uh, there several months ago on a two-prong mission, a Costco auto program mystery shop, as well as a Takata test. That investigation landed them on our recommended dealer list found at gooddealerbaddealerlist.com. Despite their pricey addendum, 1095 that's pretty pricey, but not nearly what it used to be. Oh, yeah. That was nitrogen and pinstriping. Uh, two worthless things. Uh, pinstriping, uh, paste on pinstripes, cost the dealer about 10 or 12 bucks. It costs another maybe 10 bucks to put on, and they're charging 1095 for that in nitrogen, which is totally worthless, as approved by Consumer Reports testing. And humongous dealer fees, uh, $1,018 total. Uh, that's right up there, at least average or above average. West Palm Beach Kia adhered when we shopped it before, adhered to the Costco auto program process and disclosed the Takata recall. Really impressive. And we passed them. Although we were still willing 
uh, to sell the car with, with staccato recall, they proactively identified the safety defect and properly advised their shopper how to go about getting it fixed. So we were impressed. The salesperson even cautioned that he would personally would not buy the vehicle and suggested another choice to the shopper. I mean, how could you not pass? Uh, and we did. We I passed. think credit goes to the salesperson. Yes, it does. Mm. There's good apples, there's bad apples. There's bad dealerships with good apples, and there's good dealerships with bad apples. All good dealerships are going to have at least one bad apple. This week, we searched for Takata-effective vehicles on larger dealer lots since we've been spending a lot of time on small, independent, we call them buy-here-pay-here lots for the past few weeks. The good news is we're having increasing difficulty finding these death traps in the inventories of large franchise dealers. You know, a few years ago, I say a few years ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago, they were everywhere. They were actively, the big dealers, the name dealers, were actively selling cars. I think a portion of that is that a lot of the cars are getting fixed, but I think another portion of it is a lot of these dealers are finding them and not selling them. They're putting them to wholesale or whatever, but they're we're making a difference. Well, when they sell them, when they wholesale them, they go to another dealer. Right. All they're, they're doing is a lot of them wind up on being, little independent. Exactly. Too. They're being pushed down the food chain. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, there are far more small dealers, and there are far more cars sold through independent smaller dealers than there are large dealers it's counterintuitive but anybody can open a used car lot yeah. to open a new car franchise you have to invest millions of dollars which is it's why it's a it's a, it's a really good thing that we have been focusing on the smaller lots yeah. because that's where they're going yeah exactly okay uh we scoured websites for an hour before finding a 2010 honda cord honda is the name of the game when it comes to these recalls more hondas than anything else out there by the way CNBC report live in Miami uh, three or four days ago, 95 million Takata airbags unfixed on the road in the USA. 95 million on the road unfixed. And uh, Phil LeBeau, the automotive reporter for CNBC, uh, was talking about that's a huge problem, talking about Florida being the worst state for Takata airbags because the heat and the humidity. So we found this 2010 Honda Accord at West Palm Beach Kia with a passenger side Takata airbag recall. Parts were available for the fix, but repairs had not been made. As usual, we confirmed this with multiple sources in HTSA, National Highway Traffic Safety Association, aka NHTSA, AutoCheck, Carfax, and Honda's recall website owners.honda.com forward slash recalls or call the Honda dealer. So there's one, two, three, four sources. And we found, by the way, that each source can be deficient. Uh, the most reputable being NHTSA, and that is safercar.gov. Rick Check gave that number now. out uh, several times. Safercar.gov. The Accord was listed for sale for $6,300. Agent X was sent out to investigate. Before departing, speaking in the first person, is Agent X. I called West Palm Beach Kia to confirm the availability of the 2010 Honda Accord with the Takata Recall. I spoke with Wilkins on the phone, and he told me it was ready to roll. He asked me when I could come and see it and told him I could head out his way right now. He said to ask for him when I arrived. He'd be my salesperson on the deal. I thanked him and drove to West Palm Beach. Once in the showroom, I was accosted 
by a salesperson named Juliet. She was very aggressive and had a difficult time. Exp I had a difficult time explaining to her that I was there to see Wilkins. I couldn't get a word in edgewise. If I hadn't persisted, I had the feeling she would have been fine skating Wilkins. I explained that term previously. Uh, skating is one salesperson cheating another salesperson and trying to steal that salesperson's customer. So Juliet was trying to steal me, the shopper, from Wilkins. And uh, that's a common practice in car dealerships. Finally, Juliet reluctantly went to get Wilkins for me. When he arrived, I introduced myself as Alan, the name I'd given him on the phone. Wilkins was ready for me with a key to the Accord in his hand. I didn't mention Juliet's skate attempt. He asked me to stay put while he pulled the car up for, for us to drive. It only took a few minutes and Wilkins was jogging back my way saying, let's go. We climbed inside the car and started to drive away, but the car died. <laughs> Every salesman's fear yeah. and nightmare. Out of gas. Wilkins' cheeks flushed red. He apologized. I asked him if he was sure it was uh, just gas or if there was a mechanical problem. I popped the hood, got out of the car. Wilkins said there were no mechanical problems and assured me the car was thoroughly checked out. I asked him if they checked out the fuel level. Ha ha ha. They quickly left, let him know I was teasing. Wilkins ran to get a gas can. Put some gas in it. We were able to get the car engine started. Our first stop was a gas station uh, where Wilkins filled the tank. When we returned to the dealership and went inside, I asked him if the Accord, Accord had been in any accidents. Wilkins said he could he would print the Carfax report and go over it with me, which makes me wonder why haven't they printed the Carfax report before? You would think that the car dealership would print a Carfax report on every car. In, in defense, usually it's that stays online, so it's on. Okay. Yeah, so they just all they do is just click on it. Saves the paper. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. For being environmentally being conscious. Uh, he showed me to a chair uh, and left to get the Carfax. I studied the Carfax <coughs> report and told Wilkins I saw there were accidents. I didn't say anything about the airbag recall I saw. That would come later. He asked me if I was ready to buy the car. I replied by trying to confirm the price I'd seen online. I asked him if 6300 was firm or if they had some wiggle room. Wilkins bit his lip and said that this, the online listing included a $500 loyalty discount. Wow. It didn't qualify for since I wasn't a current West Palm Beach Kia customer. Now, this is new. First thing for a used car ad. <laughs> this is a scam. But it's always on new cars because the manufacturers originated the idea of the loyalty discount. We've never heard of a loyalty discount on a used car. A great scam. If I was going to give them stars for being bad, I'd give them five stars. This is something what a super all, idea. all you other crooked car dealers out there learn from this. Here's a new way to scam your customers. Loyalty discount on used cars. Who would have thought? Super idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super idea. <laughs> too, too, hard, too hard to explain. But That's an inside joke. Uh, we know a bunch of car dealers. We have it in 20 group, and we have super idea time, and usually the crookedest idea wins. Yeah. And you can get, you can win what? How much? Uh, oh, it could be over $1,000. Over $1,000. So this will win super idea time yeah. at our next 20 group meeting. I, I'm not submitting it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyway, uh, he said the actual price was $60,800, and so you didn't get the 500 because we scammed you out of 500 I pretended to be angry. I stood up and said I was sick of the, all the bait-and-switch advertising that all the used car dealers try to get, get away with. And I just learned something about Agent X when I was praising him as being such an outstanding mystery shopper. And Agent X used to be in acting school. Yes. He was training to be an actor. So that is one of the reasons yeah. why. And so he just feigned anger. Oh, yeah. He says, I'm getting out of here. He stood up. <laughs> he stood up. <laughs> Started yelling. Agent X, you're my hero. Uh, I raised my voice when I said this, catching the attention of employees and a few customers. Wilkins held up his hands in an attempt to lower the tension. I wish I'd been there. I wish we could video these things. <laughs> he said he needed to get a manager to help us out. I could see it in the showroom. People turning around. People going like this. It's okay. It's okay. Agent X, where? <laughs> Wilkins was back in a flash with Vince, the manager. His explanation of the loyalty discount was just as weak as Wilkins. He tried to make it sound official. I countered that it was just an arbitrary tactic they used to show a lower price online. I asked him what kind of a dealer fee he planned to add. Vince said it would be easier if we put all the numbers on a worksheet. <laughs> He's just trying to postpone the next outrage uh, outburst. He excused himself and return with one uh, worksheet. It showed a selling price of $6,800 plus $487.50 in government fees, $1,018 in dealer fees, which is just extra profit. And sales tax out the door was $8,825. I told him it was outrageous. I told him that even if I could get the $500 loyal discount, I still wouldn't buy the car with that $1,018 dealer fee. I stood up again and said, I'm going. Vince asked me to sit down and said he would take $800 off for me. That would make up for the loyalty discount and it'd take a nice chunk out of the dealer fee. He said he couldn't go any lower. He swore it was his best price. I imagine everybody in the showroom by now is gathered around and watching Agent X and I the managers. They, I hope they looked at their side. I said, I'm not paying that either. <laughs> you know, this might actually be on YouTube somewhere because I bet you some other customer could have been, could probably be. filmed this yeah. and was putting it on it like could be a viral. people freak yeah. out on YouTube. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Agent X, I'm Agent X. I took a deep breath trying to act like I was calming myself down. <sighs> I said, okay, that's much better. Thinking about the Cotter recall listed on the Carfax report, lying uh, between us on the desk. I said, before I commit, I need to know if there are any safety issues that could concern me. Vince said, there were absolutely, this is Seldon, there are Man absolutely. The manager. Manager. Oh, yeah. Vince, the manager. Yeah. There are absolutely no safety concerns with this car. I grabbed the Carfax report and the worksheet and said I would call him on Saturday after I talked to my wife about the deal. Wow. They failed the Takata test. Oh, yeah. They also employed deceptive sales ta tactics. We checked out the Kelly Blue Book fair market value for this model. West Palm Beach's Kia price of 6800 was right in the middle of the fair market range. However, the fake price online of 6300 was well below the range. Clear bait and switch. To make matters worse, their website listed uh, a pure cars. I don't even know what that is. Market price for this car of ten thousand two sixty nine. Ever heard of 
pure car. It's something that you pay for, and oh. it shows favorable values on your website for your yeah. cars, so you can deceive yeah. people. Anyway, uh, stark deception on a safety item. Took our head back. Stark, a new, new level of lying about uh, loyalty rebates. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I have a uh, little picture of the of the disclaimer that says the internet price yeah. includes five hundred dollar customer loyalty. So again, this is West Palm Beach Kia in West Palm Beach, obviously, and uh, they were on the good dealer list, and uh, we're going to take a vote. Uh, you can text us with a vote if you like, uh, 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. Do you pass or fail West Palm Beach Kia? I think I know what you're going to say. And we'll start out with Rick. Uh <laughs> um, F, um. F and F. <laughs> um, 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 um. It, it, it just, it's... <coughs> the Sad. It's pathetic. Yeah. We had one salesman the last time we were there that was so wonderful. And now we've got a salesman that, you know, all right, he had the little goof with the gas. Yeah. yeah he overcame that. And then he totally failed with this. And the manager, too. We oh. got Wilkins as a salesman. and Vince was the manager. Yeah. Vince... Vince and Wilkins. Now, the dealership was approved the last time we shopped them. Now, Vince and Wilkins moved them single-handedly from the approved list to they do not buy from this dealer list. And we had Wilkins saying that he was going to go over the Carfax with H&X. Yes. And he never mentioned the Takata issue. Yes. Which it was right there in black and white in front of him. Okay, we'll go to Nancy, a.k.a. the Black Widow. Yes, and uh, don't forget Juliet. There's a few players who yeah. participated well, in this deception. Well, Juliet participate in the crime. And, she uh, tried to. Uh, uh, yeah. Juliet, was, uh, she tackled uh, Wilkins by his ankles, so that's unnecessary. <laughs> Juliet gets an F. I'm not proud of you, Juliet. Juliet, Wilkins, the manager, uh, West Palm Beach, uh, Kia, F. Okay, Stu. I already texted our yeah. web guy to move them to the <laughs> to the do not recommend list. Clearly enough, we're getting some votes that co- are coming in on our live Facebook video, and I don't think I've seen anything other than F. So yeah, and uh, oh yeah, F F. We have three Fs. Yeah, remember West Palm Beach Kia. You can vote. They're not on here voting. Vince, nope, nope. nope. Vince, you could vote. <laughs> Wilkins, Juliet. Uh, we have a text from Frank. F. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Now, uh, we're going to go back to West Palm Beach Kia. Uh, you bet uh, your boots. We're not going to keep them in the do not buy list. By the way, to check the recommended list in the do not buy list, you go to gooddealerbaddealerlist.com. www.gooddealerbaddealerlist.com. And we'll give you another chance. We keep nobody in the cellar or on top permanently. We go back. So, West Palm Beach Kia. It could have been just a couple of rotten apples in the barrel. <coughs> Either you coach Wilkins and uh, Vince, or you replace uh, Wilkins and Vince. Uh, you get your act together, West Palm Beach Kia. We'll put you back on the recommended list. We have a, a nice comment here on Facebook. It says, I think local TV stations should offer equal time to angry customers. <laughs> That's great. That's a great idea. Thanks, Craig. <coughs> How about equal dealers? You know, we offer equal time to you car dealers out there, and we welcome you to call the show. And I promise if you call the show, we will not cut you off or mute you out. You can have your fair share, uh, fair say, and uh, 
You just don't call. We don't know why. We've only got, what, a couple of minutes? Do we have time for another anonymous? Yeah, we got, we got four minutes left. Do we have any more of those anonymous? Yeah. That we, can uh, call you, uh, we were very pleasantly surprised to get a few anonymous uh, comments. You can go to our anonymous link, your anonymous feedback.com y-o-u-r-a-n-o-n-y-m-o-u-s feedback f-e-e-d-b-a-c-k dot com yeah we got a great one here this is probably the best anonymous one we got he says good morning i very much enjoy your show and i love Stu's increased input involvement in on-air commentary so <laughs> thank you very much that was the best anonymous comment is that Drake stewart my grandson it might have been it's yeah. anonymous we don't know okay <laughs> uh, there's a couple that are really long. I think it'd probably be best if we read them next week. Okay. But they're good. They're all good stuff. Thank you so much. The Anonymous is starting to catch on now. I think for a while people thought that our Anonymous feedback number was possibly something that could be penetrated and we would maybe embarrass somebody. Yeah. This uh, Anonymous website we use is used by blue chip companies, Tesla, Adobe, Public Broadcasting Systems, uh, a whole uh, host <coughs> of very reputable companies that would never ever uh, allow this uh, privacy issue to be violated. So when you go to youranonymousfeedback.com, your identity is protected. You can also get feedback from us. And a Stewart, me, Earl Stewart, reads this. Stu Stewart reads this. Nancy Stewart reads this. Stewart's see these things so they're not going to go to the radio station they're not going to go and we we share it with rick we share it with the people that need to know what you have to say so you're talking to this great, group. Inform- great you're, information you're talking to this group here when you send this anonymous feedback in and we promise you a reply if you want to have a reply if you don't don't want a reply then you don't allow a reply you just have to say i ask for a reply and you'll get one Total anonymity. How do you say anonymity? Anonymity. 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 Okay, folks, uh, (laughs) I am going to mention that uh, I hope I get to a topic that's near and dear to my heart, and that is saving the ladies saving money uh, on their next car purchase uh, from Money Magazine, a very accurate resource. Also, uh, to share with you that stereotype that uh, we've been looking at, and uh, that is how women are being taken advantage of. But, hey, guess what? Some of the information that I came upon from Money Magazine, well, it sets that, well, stereotype on its head. And that is because men pay more for a lease car than a woman. So stay tuned for that. This is... Earl Stewart on Cars. We want to thank you for joining us right here at the Oldies Channel. We'll be back next week. Have a wonderful weekend.